Hello and welcome to worship wherever you are today. It's good that we can be together. And our call to worship on Pentecost Sunday. God gave these words to the prophet Isaiah. I am doing something new. It is beginning to happen even now. Don't you see it coming? So come and worship the Lord, whose church was born in an upper room on that day of Pentecost and continues to be refreshed and restored in us today. Come and worship God together. Spirit, we rejoice that as you came to the Apostles on that day of Pentecost, so you keep on coming to us today, making yourself known to us in different ways, at different places, but always there, constantly moving in our lives. You come when we are most aware of our need, bringing comfort in times of sorrow, courage in times of fear, peace in times of trouble, and hope in times of despair. You come when we forget our need of you, challenging, 
searching, refining, cleansing, inspiring us to greater vision and renewed commitment. We rejoice that you are able to use ordinary people like us, here and now. We are sorry that we are not so often not ready to see beyond our own limited horizons and to overcome our fears and doubts. Deepen our faith, enlarge our vision and give us the faith to expect more. Forgive us for the times when we are close to your life-giving presence. As we acknowledge our shortcomings and wrongdoings in your presence, we hear your words. Your sins are forgiven, and we are thankful. Spirit of God, you swept into the lives of the apostles, and in a moment everything was different. Move now in us, so that our service may be enriched, our faith deepened, and our lives transformed. Holy Spirit, move in us today. We say together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Sometimes the times when we remember birthdays or anniversaries coincide. Today is Pentecost Sunday, but it is also Aldersgate Sunday. And so this year there are two birthdays to be celebrated. We celebrate the birth of the Christian Church itself, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples in the upper room, and also that of Methodism, as we remember John Wesley's experience in which he describes how his heart was strangely warmed. After spending time in America, both John and Charles Wesley returned to England deeply dissatisfied with their spiritual state. Still heavily influenced by the Moravians, a church group they met with in London, the Wesleys joined a religious society. And in 1738, May 1738, both underwent a profound spiritual experience. And John famously described his in his journal, the 24th of May, 1738. And this is what he wrote. In the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street, where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. About a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for salvation. And an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. 
Three days earlier, following his own conversion, Charles had written a hymn which begins with this verse. Where shall my wandering soul be in? How shall I all to heaven aspire? A slave redeemed from death and sin, a brand plucked from eternal fire. How shall I equal triumphs raise or sit my great deliverer's praise? Following on from the complete assurance they felt in God's love and forgiveness, their faith was lived out in lives that went on to influence millions. Charles went on to write over 6,000 hymns, while John used his organising genius to turn a spontaneous movement into a structured body which became the origin of today's worldwide Methodist Church. As the Spirit came upon the first disciples at Pentecost, so it did upon the Wesley brothers. A hymn read as a poem, Singing the Faith 408, How Small a Spark. How small a spark has lit a living fire. How small a flame has warmed a bitter world. How great a heart was moved to hope, to dare and bring the faith out in the open air. No boundary sign will stand against this faith. No wall restrain this preaching of the word. The good news travels on. It rides the road and draws to unity the realm of God. The single note becomes a psalm of praise. The single voice grows to a swelling choir. And born in song, new stories now are sung of freedom, chains unbound and loosened tongue. Thank God for all who listened and believed, who still are by the Spirit set on fire. Our hearts be warmed again, for Christ will wait on beach, in upper room, or Aldersgate. And everyone, today our reading is from John 20, verses 19 to 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Amen. Amen.
The reading is taken from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers gathered in one place. Suddenly, a sound came from heaven. It was like a strong wind blowing, and it filled the house where they were sitting. They saw something that looked like fire in the shape of tongues. The flames separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in languages that they had not known before. The Spirit gave them the ability to do this. Godly Jews from every country in the world were staying in Jerusalem. A crowd came together when they heard the sound. They were bewildered because each of them heard their own language being spoken. The crowd was really amazed. They asked, Aren't all these people who are speaking Galileans? Then why do we hear each of them speak in our own native language? We are Parthians, Medes, Elamites. We live in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia. We are from Pontus, Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia. Others are from Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Still others are visitors from Rome. Some of the visitors are Jews. Others have accepted the Jewish faith. Also, Cretans and Arabs are here. We hear all these people speaking about God's wonders in our own languages. They were amazed and bewildered and they asked one another, what does this mean? But some people in the crowd made fun of the believers. They've had too much wine, they said. Then Peter stood up with the eleven apostles. In a loud voice he spoke to the crowd. My fellow Jews, he said, let me explain this to you. All of you who live in Jerusalem, listen carefully to what I say. You think these people are drunk, but they aren't. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, here is what the prophet Joel meant. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Holy Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young, your young men will see visions. Your old men will have dreams. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit on my servants. I will pour out my Spirit on both men and women. When I do, they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above. I will show signs on the earth below. There were blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn red like blood. This will happen before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It was a new beginning on the day the Spirit came. The house was filled with roaring wind and heads were touched by flame. Their lips were blessed with languages that all could understand. And Peter led the charge into this new uncharted land. It was a revelation when the doors were opened wide And 
All could see what happened to the ones who were inside. These men are plainly very drunk at only nine o'clock. It's surely very clear they've had a monumental shock. It was a new translation when the spirit led their speech. And Peter stood in front of them and then began to preach. The people were amazed because they understood each word. And what is more, they acted on the message that they heard. It was a new beginning, but the story carries on. As people still find inspiration, though the years have gone. For Pentecost is here, and now the Spirit still holds sway. And helps us to translate God's word and challenge for today. The Holy Spirit is God in a form that we can receive and with which we can be filled. We can receive the Spirit like the first disciples did in the locked upper room. And we can be filled with the Spirit like they and many others were 50 days later at Pentecost. We've heard verses from two occasions in which the Spirit is given. In John 20 and in Acts 2. Perhaps on the first occasion, the receiving, we might say that the group that had locked themselves in that night have their stretched nerves calmed and their shattered dreams restored. Jesus is saying, it's okay. Look, I'm alive, resurrected. So resurrect your hearts. Here, take the spirit of life that my father first breathed into Adam. Be restored. So, as we begin to venture out, as the disciples no doubt did after their encounter with their Lord, we ask God for that same calming and reassurance. Our nerves have been stretched and our dreams shattered, or at the very least put on hold. Jesus tells us too that it's okay. He gives us his peace and his spirit, so we can leave our locked room and be restored. On the second occasion, the filling was perhaps one that truly equipped the disciples to do the miracles and perform the signs that Jesus himself had done. Perhaps these two accounts teach us that the disciples' journey begins with, it's okay, look, I'm alive, peace be with you, and the apostle or missionary's journey begins with a strong wind and tongues of fire. So what about us? Some still at home and some in our church buildings, but nevertheless worshipping together. Do we believe we receive the Holy Spirit when we ask for him to come to us? Scripture tells us that it is the power of the Spirit that enables us to live as God wants us to. We can't live the Christian life in our own strength. We need the Spirit. So what about being filled with the Spirit? Is that simply 
different from simply receiving it. Being filled means that the Spirit is not just being breathed into us, it's refining us like fire, reaching those hidden dark corners of our lives, purifying us. Now the mechanic at my local garage can flush out and refill my car with new oil. But it is not until the engine is started that it spreads around the parts of the engine and does its work. Jesus promised that the Spirit would come. And in Acts 2 we're told that the 120 disciples were filled with the Spirit. Their spirits were flushed out and refilled, cleansed and restored, ready to go. However, it didn't just mean on one occasion. They went on being filled. It was for them and is for us a continual process. Like the regular oil check on my car, perhaps. But for many of us, it's more frequent than that, isn't it? Perhaps the screen wash bottle would be a better analogy. Used on perhaps every outing and needing a regular top-up. Otherwise, we won't be able to see where we're going. So if we are to build God's kingdom, we must filled, be filled and regularly topped up with the Spirit. We need to get off our driveway and go out and spread the good news. Jesus declared why he had been sent to us when he spoke at the synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. So if we are to be like Jesus, we cannot just choose to leave this bit out. Justice and compassion are at the centre of his ministry. And we are called to speak out against injustice and to show compassion to those in need. And this is how the kingdom of God is built. We are the bricks and the spirit is the mortar. So we're to call upon God and to ask for the Spirit to be our helper in living out our lives. From God to Jesus, to the 120 and to the 3,000, the Spirit has been sent to the ends of the world and is available to all. And Jesus promised us, if you love me, you will obey my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So when we pray, let's not forget to ask for the Holy Spirit so we can receive the strength we need to live and to be like Jesus in all we do and say. The kingdom of justice and joy and of freedom from the power of sin and death is being built and will be completed when Jesus our Saviour comes again. And so, as we pray for the strength and the power to do God's will and to be workers in the building of the kingdom, let's ask for the Spirit to come upon us right now and every day. Amen. We come to God with our prayers for others. Let us pray. 
Loving God, we ask for the gift of your Holy Spirit to help us to pray as we ought. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the energy and vision of your Spirit for those tiring in the battle against injustice and oppression and for those exhausted by the struggle with poverty and hunger. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the hope and comfort of your Spirit for those overshadowed by illness or pain and for those whose lives are darkened by sorrow. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the peace and joy of your Spirit, for the guilt-ridden and anxious, for Christians struggling with their faith. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the guidance and strength of your Spirit, when we consider how to use our time and possessions, when we are tempted to do wrong. Holy Spirit, help us. We ask for the love and courage of your Spirit when we reach out to those who are distressed, when we reach out with the good news of Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us. Loving God, we ask for the assurance of your Spirit, making us aware of your presence in our daily lives, in our relationships, our worship and our times of pain. Holy Spirit, help us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Although we can't physically make our monetary offerings to God at the moment, there are other ways that we can make our offering and we think about what we give to God now as we say an offering prayer. Let us pray. Bountiful God, we come with our offerings in response to your love. With a new life in Christ, we give ourselves in service to others. With the energy bestowed by your Spirit, we seek to inflame all your people with a zeal for your way. Receive the work we do and the gifts we bring, that they may become a blessing in your sight. Amen.
Holy Spirit of God, breathe into your followers new life and confidence as you did in the upper room. Pour upon your whole church the gifts of your grace, that it may live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.